Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, May 8th, 2020. I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. I'm back with you solo today to get us all into the weekend, finally, with a little bit of news. And then Mr. Matt Tamanini is going to take us into the rest of the episode with his most recent interview, where he sits down with the great Montego Glover. But before we get into that in today's news, I have to first send you over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash broadwayradio or broadwayradio.com slash Patreon to back us if you haven't already and more importantly are able to do so. All right, we start with the latest COVID-19 theater update and unfortunately with some difficult news that we received on Wednesday evening. Following a temporary closure due to the coronavirus outbreak and an urgent appeal to its supporters for assistance, Long Island City's The Secret Theater has announced it will permanently close its doors after 10 years. This was the second New York City closure reported on Wednesday, as we announced on yesterday's show, Shetler Studios also announced its closure due to the financial impacts of the extended closure. Throughout its history, the venue presented, produced, and co-produced plays, musicals, dance, music, opera, film, and avant-garde performances, among educational programs. The company will be continuing its educational programming via the Secret Theater Online Academy. As artistic director and founder Richard Mazda said in an epilogue video statement, quote, I believe that people have no idea of the level of closures they should expect, but in our view, it's an unmitigated disaster that has no precedent. I hate to say goodbye, but this is a five-alarm fire and no one is answering our distress calls. It is absolutely heartbreaking to see this, of course. So many great shows that Secret Theater has produced over the years. And if theater companies are calling out for help right now, please listen. This is a crisis with little to no funding, as we've seen, and this will unfortunately not be the last closing that we see. Following a closing to a postponement, at least, yesterday off-Broadway, the upcoming new musical Between the Lines, based on the novel of the same name, has been postponed until spring 2021. The show, directed by Jeff Calhoun, in which as of now will still star Ariel Jacobs, Vicki Lewis, Will Burton, and others, was originally scheduled to open Thursday, May 7th, yesterday, at Second Stage's Tony Kaiser Theater. The new dates of the run will be announced at a later date. Okay, on to some streaming news to plan for in these coming weeks, including some exciting news out of the National Theater, which continues its National Theater at Home program with a new slate of upcoming streams. The new list includes 2014's NT Live broadcast of Tennessee Williams' A Streetcar Named Desire, starring Gillian Anderson, Ben Foster, and Vanessa Kirby, one of the best productions of streetcars I have ever seen personally. That will air on May 21st. Also on the docket are Inua Elam's Barbershop Chronicles on May 14th, which was recorded in 2018 during its second sold-out run. Following Streetcar will be 2013's This House by James Graham on May 28th, and then the Donmar Warehouse production of Coriolanus starring Tom Hiddleston on June 4th. As usual, all productions will be available to stream for free for seven days following its premiere on YouTube. Over at the New Globe, the theater company announced on Thursday the world premiere of a new 10-minute play created by two-time Tony winner Bill Irwin 
called In Zoom, which will feature Irwin and Broadway vet and three-time Tony nominee Christopher Fitzgerald. The short play is free to stream, but the company is asking for donations if they are able to support at this time. The performance will premiere live next Thursday, May 14th at 6.30 p.m. via the Old Globe's website. Also in the news, the Drama League has unveiled the lineup for its In Conversation and Hashtag Collaboration digital series for the months of May and June. The upcoming In Conversation lineup will include directors Desdemona Chang on May 20th, Liliana Blaine Cruz on June 3rd, and Cheryl Keller on June 17th. For the Collaborations series on May 13th, Diane Paulus, choreographer Sidi Larby Shakua, and actor Elizabeth Stanley will discuss their collaboration during Jagged Little Pill. Then on May 27th, Michael Mayer sits down with Little Shop of Horrors, actors Jonathan Groff and Christian Borrell. And on June 10th, Gay Taylor, Upchurch, and playwright Lauren Gunderson discuss the half-life of Marie Curie. All streams will take place at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and can be viewed by visiting dramaleague.org. And finally, some can't-miss programming for the weekend. This Saturday, May 9th at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, Seth Rudetsky and James Wesley's Stars in the House's Plays in the House series will present a reading of Blythe Spirit, starring Leslie Uggams, Renee Elise Goldsberry, Tom Sesma, and Angel Desai, soon to be in your ears on this very podcast, Montego Glover, Kendall Ito, William Jackson Harper, and Brian Stokes Mitchell. The production, which will be directed by Shelley Williams, will be available to watch live on the Stars in the House YouTube channel, as well as on starsinthehouse.com. Those who are not able to join live will be able to watch until 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday, May 13th. And donations, of course, will be open to the Actors Fund during the performance. All right, a couple recommendations for you on this Friday. The first is something to read over at the New York Times where Michael Paulson took a look at the Mrs. Doubtfire musical, both directly ahead of the shutdown and what the shutdown will mean for the show. The production had just begun previews on March 9th when Broadway shut down a few days later. The future feature includes some photos of what the show actually looked like, including the set by David Corrin's rehearsal photos the big reveal scene of Rob McClure as Daniel Hiller turned Euphigenia Doubtfire. It's a really interesting feature all around. It talks about some things I hadn't really thought of, including Jake Ryan Flynn, who plays the young Hillard son. He's worrying about aging out of the role in lockdown. If you know his, his voice changes or he grows too much. Things you don't really think about, especially in these times, but also, thankfully, much happier parts, such as the cast apparently gathered together on Zoom the night they were supposed to open, which was April 5th. They had what they called their fopening, where they performed the show beginning to end for one another. Definitely give that a read. And then, of course, I couldn't possibly end the week without talking about this, and I feel they would have to collect all my cards if I didn't. So over at Vulture, there is a piece entitled, We Almost Got the Queer Broadway Company of Our Dreams, written by Madison Malone Kirscher, where it talks about a very revealing recent interview on Instagram for New York One's Onstage with Come From Away star Jen Colella. 
She mentioned she was up for a role in the new revival of Company, where the production was tossing around the idea last minute of having one of Bobby's boyfriends, PJ, be a girlfriend instead. Not sure if that would mean she stayed as PJ or would have gone back to the name Marta, as is in the original, but the part ended up staying as a boyfriend going to recent show guest Bobby Conti Thornton, who I will say is wonderful as PJ. But, boy, oh man. I will say as an absolute pedant that Bobby is queer in the revival, as I have briefly mentioned, uh, what, and I've talked about on the show after I saw the first preview, just not as overt as what that casting would be. There's also literally no reason in future recasting for replacements if slash when the show opens that someone say Jen Colella could be in the replacement cast. I know this having laboriously studied over all published versions of the show for the past two months with like a beautiful mind-esque notes everywhere. So anything is possible. But real casts and prospective casts aside, that is all we have for you this Friday and this week. So thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. If you are willing and able, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio or broadwayradio.com slash patreon to back us if you haven't already. Or head over to your podcasting platform of choice and our Facebook to show us some love in the form of a review. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at knowthisisashley. Stay tuned through the rest of the episode where Matt chats with the ever-excellent Montego Glover. Then, of course, over the weekend, we will have this week on Broadway with Misters Marino, Felicia, and Portantier, where once again you can get in on the action and join the chat during recording if you are indeed a patron. Have a wonderful Friday and weekend, everybody. Stay safe, wash those hands, shelter in place so we can eat at restaurants and go to the theater again someday, and we will be back to talk with you on Monday. How are you doing with all of this craziness going on in the world? Are you keeping yourself busy and occupied and, and, and out of trouble? <laughs> it's business as usual. Well, that's doing good. just fine. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing as well as can be expected, all things considered. Yes, quite a bit. Quite a bit to consider these days, and it seems to be ramping up, wouldn't you say? In both good and bad ways. I am currently yep. <laughs> I am currently in Florida. Um, so things are just, they're getting ready to reopen here and it's a little terrifying to be honest with you. I was, oh my gosh, you said Florida and I was like, oh my gosh, he's in one of the states that is, that is yeah. rolling out an opening and oh, oh God, how are you? How I, are you? I'm good. I'm fine. And I know you, uh, are a, a Florida state grad, so you know this state, uh, well, yeah. um, yeah. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's an interesting time to be here. I'm fortunately in Orlando, which there's no tourists here. So it's actually fairly quiet. I'm not near a beach. Um, so yeah. that is helpful. So that I think that's, <laughs> that's mitigating a lot of my fear right now, but, uh, it's still, uh, you know, opening stuff up. I, I just, uh, it, whatever it, it makes me very nervous and, uh, terrified. My mom works at a hospital. So it's just like, this can't, it can't get better doing this, but hopefully right. we can get through it sooner rather than later. Yeah, on some level, you say to yourself, I don't know that this makes it better. I just yeah. don't know that, that reopening right now makes it better. And that's the scary part. Yeah, and it's the same thing with like seeing people spending time in the parks. And it's just, you just think about like how many of those people are now going to get sick unnecessarily because they needed to go congregate. I'm totally good with going outside and getting your fresh air and getting your exercise, but... 
the people all hanging out on beaches and parks. I just I worry for them and the people that they come in contact with. Yeah, it's it's and it's crazy because it's antithetical to what we're wired for. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. totally. What what is ultimately wrong with you know having a picnic in a park or hanging out in a park? Nothing except under these circumstances everything kind of you know so you are not obviously having picnics and parks i assume um what are you (laughs) uh, what are you doing to keep yourself uh busy and uh entertained and sane to a certain degree well um you should know that i uh one of the beauties of being a busy thankfully i say this very gratefully and very thankfully a busy actress is that um there's always something going on, always something going on. Um, I have the great privilege of having to carve out time to be quiet, to be still, to play, to relax, that kind of thing. Um, And so with this umbrella of, you know, quarantine and sheltered in and so forth, um, it's given me an opportunity to sort of shift gears. If I'm not, now that I'm not shooting the TV show or the film or working on the, uh, on a play or a musical, um, there are other parts though of my career that, ramp up uh, and get a little bit more attention. For example, I work in voiceover. I'm a voiceover artist as well. So um, recording from my home studio has been very uh, robust. Um, (laughs) It's been a lot going on, and that's been great. Um, It's given me an opportunity uh, to get my hands on some other ideas for projects that I've wanted to sit down and read or make notes on or, or just let my mind sort of wander around that require just stillness and quiet, which has been great. Um, a good amount of reading for that, which is wonderful. I have also, like any, you know, honest and hardworking American, have, you know, been catching up on my shows and <laughs> programs of which you're fans and things you work on. So that's always fun. It's like, am I caught up? Is everybody caught up on Ozark? Does everyone know what's going on? So when you have a FaceTime hang, you know, we can all talk about what's going on and how amazing, how amazing. And getting uh, exercise every day. I was having a very funny conversation with a friend of mine. We were talking about how we've redrawn the compartments and areas of our apartments to be different places. And so now, you know, half my kitchen has become my gym, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, I usually go, you know, out the door and around the corner to my yoga studio. And now I'm, you know, rocking my classes streaming or um, using my app. And so that's that's been great. Those things have been good. They're necessary too, I think, to keep me um, balanced and to keep me, as you said, sane, which is 100% the right word. I think that's true for all of us. And uh, open because there's a lot to take in uh, in this situation. There's a lot to take in. I think all of our lives have been very drastically adjusted. And so being able to work within those confines in a proactive manner is very important to me. I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm just reacting all the time because ultimately we're going to experience a new normal um, once we turn the corner and I want to be well equipped for that. So I'm really trying to honor the balance in my life and make sure that there's time for quiet meditation. There's time for play. There's time for exercise. There's time for work. There's time for potential work and, you know, setting some goals as well, you know, really being realistic about that. I think it's important. Are you in trying to maintain that balance? Are you one of the people who tries to stick to a schedule? Because uh, I know I've heard a lot of people saying that in this time when, you know, we're stuck inside and we've really 
could legitimately sleep until 2 p.m. and eat, you know, cocoa puffs for every meal. Um, that's probably not the healthiest thing, both mentally or physically. Are you setting yourself up? I'm getting up by then. This is my work time. This is my workout time. Are you doing stuff like that? Absolutely. And that was true in my life before our pandemic, before this yeah. happened. Um, I was most definitely on a schedule. There is uh, a wake up time. There is I have a bedtime and I stick to that. I actually made those parameters for myself and chose them specifically because I have the advantage of sometimes being on play schedule, on theater schedule, which is a different from a nine to fiver. You know <laughs> yeah, what I yeah. mean? Yeah, it's yeah. a very different work day. Um, and when you need to peak, you know, when you need to be ready to come out the gate. And so it's important to me that while we are, you know, sheltered in or quarantined, that I stay on a schedule of sorts. So the answer is absolutely yes. Absolutely yes. And that helps. I think, too, you know, when you're uh, my experience as a working actress is that our jobs are so fantastic, but very different from the average bear. So. I think I have muscles that were already there in terms of structuring my days, in terms of being my own motor of sorts and sort of the unknown. Sometimes you're working on a play or a thing and it's done. It's canceled or it's yeah. closed or it's you leave the piece or it's, you know, you reach the end of your run and you don't necessarily know what's coming next. So that idea sort of embracing to a degree an unknownness in your life is actually part of my every day. So it's a little less disconcerting, but it doesn't mean I'm not a citizen and a person yeah. walking around with eyes wide open and aware. It just means that I it's a little less unnerving. Does that make sense? No, totally. I think the life of an actor and a performer and an artist in general is one that you want to try to force some some sort of structure into a life that is by necessity not going to be the same from day to day. And yeah. this is very much, uh, you said we have to look forward to whatever our new normal is for the time being for these two months, three months, however knows how long we're going to be in quarantine. This is our new normal. So I do think that there's some skills that artists and probably even more specifically, you know, performers have that the rest of us who do work uh, nine to five ish uh, are still struggling to learn. So you guys are at an advantage uh, in compared to where we are. Um, well, yeah. And I, well, the thing is, I think everyone has a superpower of sorts that they can use. You know what I mean? Even people who work nine to five, it's just you have to readjust the lens. You know, it's, it's just yeah. you never have to step outside of it because truly every day can feel very much the same. It has the same structure. Where, whereas with actors, it could be anywhere all over the place. And part of your job mm -hmm. is to be able to roll with it. Yeah. To, you know. <laughs> no, totally. And to be able to adapt to whatever the situation is. And that's uh, this is definitely a situation that it takes some time to adapt to. But you mentioned, you know, when a time in a show ends and you mentioned the fact that potentially a show can get canceled. And, you know, on the good side of things, you were about to finish up the run of all the Natalie Portman's um, yes. Off-Broadway, you only had a few performances left. But on the sad side of that is, I, I imagine there's some disappointment to not be able to finish that in the way that you anticipated. You didn't get to have the celebration at the end of a much heralded and, and well-received run. Um, what When you got the word that, yes, Broadway, Off-Broadway is shutting down, you won't be coming back to finish the run, what was the emotions like that? And did you collectively as a company grieve isn't the right word, but, I, but you know what I mean? Did you, did you celebrate the fact that you were closing, even though it wasn't in the traditional party sense that you might've had uh, if, if things hadn't, you know, blown up. 
Yes, um, we absolutely celebrated as a cast crew staff at MCC Theater um, the fact that we had had this incredible experience. Um, and we were particularly, in my opinion, particularly lucky with all the Natalie Portmans because we got to rehearse, develop, preview, open, and run our play up until like the last four regular performances in our extension. That's all we lost four regular performances and two weeks of extension, which compared to our colleagues in other um, pieces around New York and around the world was a gift, truly. Um, and I know that sounds kind of nuts, but I really mean it. Like, we, got, we got so much of the, the experience, the beautiful plate of, you know, food, of all the Natalie Portmans, and I'm so grateful for it because truly, if we had been a day or two into rehearsal and had gotten that news, that would have That's really crushing. hurt. The fact that we got so we got so much the bulk most of that experience, and we're able to talk about rolling with it, roll with it in terms of how we closed our play um, was really great because we got a call on a Thursday saying tonight is going to be our last performance oh, wow. because shutting down and off-Broadway shutting down, and my first thought was that is the most responsible thing our producers can do. Mm -hmm. I know it's not what they want to do. It's not what we would choose, but I know this, this was a decision not taken lightly, and it's absolutely the most responsible thing, and it turns out that's true because less than four days later, we went into quarantine or shelter in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was um, surprising, but necessary and for that reason alone it made it okay and i also think if you have experience in the theater uh, or in any project you know that you know even if we if the, the coronavirus had never shown up we were going to have to close the show we were going to do our in our remaining regular performances and then our extension and then we were going to have to let go of the baby anyway you know yeah. Yeah, yeah. um so you prepare yourself for the letting go. It's just that when it happens can also throw you for a loop. And the best part too about Natalie Portman's is that when we received the word that we were going to give our last performance on a Thursday, um, talk about rolling with it. Our staff um, completely came together and put to put together a closing night party for us oh, um, in the theater with everyone invited from the, from the uh, show that night. And we just had a moment to be together and to toast each other, see each other, say, thank you, say, I'm so happy this happened. And, and then really come away from it with a sense of celebration and closure. Yeah, that's great. I, I, I feel you know, bad for anybody whose shows were canceled, but especially those that didn't have a chance for that closure. I'm sure that, you know, like you said, in theater, you never know when that closing notice is going to come for shows. Uh, but at <laughs> no. least you you at least get a heads up generally. And for the for those that maybe thought they were coming back and then aren't able to, that's uh, uh, that's got to be difficult. But um, you you mentioned the fact that you have been fortunate enough to be very, very busy. And one of the things that I am very excited about that I know is coming up for you is a new Netflix show called Inventing uh, Anna. I am yeah. um, not ashamed to say that I am a huge fan of anything Shondaverse. And the fact, <laughs> yes. the fact that this is a, a new Shonda Rhimes show on Netflix, it has um, 
not only some you know familiar faces from Scandal, which was my like entree into the Shondaverse, but has like a uh. bunch of like theater stars uh, in it as well. What can you tell us about this? Is it in the same kind of like vibe as the other Shonda Rhimes shows? Is it different? Because I know it's it's you know it's not the exact same premise as what we've kind of seen from her before. Right. Um, we were in the middle of our shooting schedule, and so all of all of what has been done, I have not had a chance to even preview, which I'm actually really excited about. Yeah. I am really excited about being totally taken on the journey and completely surprised by everything I see in and out of, um, what, that I'm in and out of. Um, and I, what I can tell you is that the – I think what's one of the things that's so exciting about anything Shonda works on and, and the kinds of pieces that she um, creates and produces is that it all, there's a level of intelligence and breadth and depth to what she does. And it can have so much complexity and so many different like colors and flavors. She makes space for all of it. And she does that in her, in the rooms that she puts together. And so one of the most outstanding things about working on this, this show has been, you know, sitting in the room and seeing who she's put together, both on the writing and producing side um, and in terms of cast to make these stories happen. And what I can tell you is that it's just, uh, what's the word? It's exciting it's new and it's 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 Shonda worthy. Like it's 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 got it's got that like uh, that that what is that word I'm looking for? It's um <laughs> you know it's like it's it's a, it's a thrill. You know it's a thrill, but it's got it's got yeah. weight to it. It's got it's 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 it feels it feels important. No, no, that's that's yeah, that's imper- that's perfect. The the weight and the importance, like even watching the soapier stuff on Scandal uh. or How to Get Away with Murder, like there is an intelligence and an insight and and much more to it than just you would think from oh, this is a primetime soap opera about a lawyer or whatever. Like there's there's a lot more <laughs> to it uh, than that. And obviously with the cast um, that's been collected for this, obviously Katie Lowe's and Jeff Perry are there from Scandal, but. Anna DeVere Smith and Anna Klumsky, who have, you know, obviously yes. great theater careers. I know better because I am a Shonda Rhimes fan to ask about details. Like I can hear you already hemming and hawing or not being able to spoil anything. So I won't put I you know. in that position. <laughs> I won't do that because I, I, that's not fair to you. And I'm not, I know I'm not going to get an answer, but. <laughs> If you if you could just kind of give us like a sense for not necessarily plot points, but is it in the same kind of not obviously like, you know, Shonda Rhimes cinematic universe way, but is it in the same world as her previous shows or is it kind of a departure, something new because she is now at a new home in terms of Netflix? Right. I would say I feel like this piece has the has that same uh, vitality and that same um, sharpness. And I don't mean sharp as in cutting. I mean sharp as in like crystal clear imaging and um, movement that her work is really known for. I do love the idea that it has a great source material and it's something that you hadn't thought of before. And um, she she and the writers have really uh, given us a full rendering of like a snapshot in the life of a person and everyone around her. That is going to be satisfying, I think, and exciting to any Shonda 
fan, Shonda Land, Shonda World, Shondaverse <laughs> fan. And um, for some people, I realized, too, this will be, this series will be their entree into her work. Yeah. So it will definitely have some, some nice carryover, but it's going to take you on a journey that you're like, I'd never you just keep turning the corner and turning the corner and you go, I didn't, I did not see that coming. I'm blown away by that one. You know? Yeah. Oh, that sounds very shocking. Even in in a, you know, in a read, in a table read, a production read, you know? Yeah. The one thing that I feel like we're going to need to figure out, I know Netflix is doing like these watch parties that you can watch with friends online. That's the one thing about Shonda shows that everybody loves is it was that, must see Thursday night TV and you could tweet along with it. Like we're going to have to figure out to get on a schedule so everyone can watch the episodes together so that we can all experience the twists and turns as a, as a community. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, Is it, you said things were shut down during filming are are things still on schedule because i know that the plan was it st- was to come out in 2020 obviously who knows what the heck is going to happen in the future but i mean have you heard anything about what the plan is to get back or when the the episodes that you have shot are going to be released anything like that no no and i think with good reason you know i feel sure. like um the team at Netflix, along, of course, with Shonda, we just want to make the best decisions in terms of, you know, how to complete the project um, and when, based on that, when it should really roll out. I think that, but they're in a, the very same position or very similar positions to a lot of uh, people in production because you just want to have a, a real sense we, because we don't necessarily know globally how this virus is going to move or going to push and pull with us. I think anyone really thinking and really planning for their, for health ultimately first, but also for the, the, the welfare of a project of the pieces of art that they've been working on. Yeah. They just want to step lightly and not over speed. So we have not been given a lot of information or really none at this point, which is okay because I think sure. there's not yeah. been a, there's not been a way to implement anything until we know really what the new parameters are, even yeah. if they're tentative, do you know? Yeah. Um, it's hard and to so, make a decision when you don't have yeah, any idea what the future holds. Yeah, definitive decisions. But all, but I think also the idea is that, yes, if we're in the middle of shooting, we'll absolutely finish. We just need to know how best to do that, taking into account everyone's health, well-being, and, of course, the health and well-being of the, of the piece itself. Yeah. But those things have to be married, and there's no reason to overspeed because in many times, in many cases, that can lead to two steps back. You know what I mean? Yeah, You're, absolutely. You, dash forward uh too quickly and you end up about two three five ten steps back yeah and that swing that back to reopening way too early i feel like that's the <laughs> uh the same kind of uh idea that we're seeing in real life too <laughs> yeah yeah it's i think it's a real concept and it has to be considered um and anyone who's really invested in in their in the project they're working on i think has to consider that and i that's absolutely the case i think with this one too so yeah. um the good news is we all feel good about it we're great we're, we think it's wonderful we're thrilled to be a part of it and you know we have to be patient with yeah. the, with the process with the overall process it's so it's so interesting a lot of these things you've said with how this show is reacting to the situation that finds itself in like i feel like some of the lessons that 
Netflix and Shonda and all of the, the everybody, the team on the show is is fortunately very intelligently working on. I, I feel like I if the society and the government as a whole would learn some of this patience and learn some of these, uh, you know, the the ability to wait and and get some definitive information, we would be in a better situation. And hopefully, everything would get back sooner than it is. But uh, knock on wood that somebody somewhere can figure all that out in the meantime. But I will let you go on just this last question. Once we get out of this, once things are re- back to whatever this new normal is, is there something that you are most looking forward to doing that you haven't been able to do, whether that's seeing people or going somewhere or eating somewhere? Is there something that's really been gnawing at you that you really, really want to be able to do that you haven't been for the past however many, however many weeks and months? Yes, I'm looking forward to traveling. I'm looking forward to seeing my family. I'm so lucky to be here and very safe um, uh, in New York and in Brooklyn, but I have family that I was absolutely planning to see um, this year, family reunions and uh, heading home to, to, to be with them for um, unscheduled, nice time off time. And I have to forfeit all of that for the greater good, which is so necessary and I'm willing to do. Um, I'm very lucky that everyone is safe and everyone is well, but I'm very much looking forward to that. One of those things that I think I may have taken ever so slightly for granted before, and now I'm like, wow, I really do have to wait, wait, wait until it's safe, safe, safe (laughs) to see them. Yeah. Well, hopefully, yeah, hopefully you and everyone else gets the opportunity to do that. Uh, at some point in the near future and, and, and hopefully in the meantime, FaceTime and Zooms and phone calls and text <laughs> messages serve uh, at least to nourish a little bit a part of that, of that spirit for everybody. Most definitely. Most definitely. But yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk about all of this. It was uh, a pleasure to talk to you and I hope you do well uh, in Brooklyn for the remainder of this and very excited to see all of the stuff and hear all the stuff for the voiceover stuff as well when it comes out on the other side. That sounds amazing. And thank you so much for the time. It's a pleasure to talk to you, Matt. Thank no, you. You too. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye.